1: Rex Heuermann is a demon that walks among us, a predator that ruined families. The LISC, Long Island serial killer podcast, was shocked when the news broke of Rex Heuermann's arrest. After more than a decade of searching, law enforcement officials had finally pieced together enough evidence to bring formal charges against Rex Heuermann. Initially charged with three murders, Heuermann is now officially charged with all four deaths in the Gilgo Four case. I'm your host, Chris Moss, and the Lisp Podcast will be releasing new episodes with interviews and fresh insight on the case as Rex Huberman awaits trial in Long Island. While we are relieved by the arrest, the Lisp Podcast team will be working hard to share new developments and perspectives as we get them. So please keep your eyes and ears out for new episodes, and if you haven't already, please listen to Seasons 1 and 2 of LISC, Long Island Serial Killer, wherever you listen to podcasts. There were two more murders, 15 miles away. When police the Lake, they arrived, they found the
0: telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. In a scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... murder. <coughs> Financial stress can get the best of even the most put-together individual. It's something most of us have or are experiencing, and it's a burden that seems completely unmanageable when you are in the thick of it. On October 25th, 1885, a man was born and, despite his hard work and determination, found himself in the middle of a financial burden he couldn't quite see a way out of. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On a hot evening in June of 1925, Deputy Sheriff and local World War I hero, Wesley G. Woolson, was woken out of a dead sleep by his wife, Gertrude, who claimed to hear shooting at a nearby home. The shots had woken her up, and Wesley, unsure if the police had been called already, dressed hurriedly and ran to the scene at 343 Progress Avenue in the Hamilton, Ohio neighborhood of Prospect Hill. When he arrived at the home, he saw dozens of neighbors standing outside screaming for the resident, Francis Lloyd Russell, to stop shooting. Everyone except Wesley Woolson was frozen in fear. As he tried to open any of the nearby windows and doors, Wesley could hear Francis continue to shoot, but could not see inside of the darkened home. That's when he heard Russell say, "'I know you, Woolson, and, trying to humor him, Wesley responded, "'Come on out. People will think you are crazy.'" Without missing a beat, Francis cried out, "'I am crazy,' and continued shooting.'" Moments later, the Hamilton Police Department showed up and knocked on the front door. Francis told them to wait until he shot, quote, "'The damn pictures off the wall,' and continued firing.'" In total, those outside estimated he shot about 30 to 40 rounds that night, possibly more. As the officers prepared tear gas, they could hear Francis babbling incoherently about the mortgage. That's when Officer Robert Leonard got an idea and pulled out all of the cash he had on his person, saying, it's all right, we're here to settle the mortgage for you. That's when Francis said he was going to kill himself and the men knew they had to act fast, breaking down the door just in time to hear the final shot ring out and see Francis Lloyd Russell slump to the ground. As officers Robert Leonard, Louis Keller and Sheriff Wesley Wolsens stood there looking at the smoking revolver, Francis gasped. I believe I missed my heart. Kill me, kill me. He was removed from the scene and taken straight to the county jail. Alone to walk through the house, Wesley Woolson soon became overwhelmed by what would be later considered the city's most horrific crime. Inside the home were the dead bodies of his 60-year-old mother, Rose Russell, his 35-year-old brother, John Lowell Russell, John's 35-year-old wife, Emma, and their five children, 12-year-old Julia, 8-year-olds Robert and George, 3-year-old Paul, and 4-month-old Richard. From what investigators could surmise, Francis, a bachelor who was living in a modest three-bedroom bungalow with his mother and brother's family, was feeling absolutely helpless about his financial situation, and the financial burden was lying solely on his shoulders. Despite having two jobs, he couldn't seem to keep up with the bills, and with the mortgage payment fast approaching, he knew his beloved family risked homelessness. All of this desperation came to a head that summer night when the temperatures climbed to the triple digits and Francis found himself unable to sleep. He loved his family so much, he would rather see them dead than penniless. The only survivor was his 10 year old niece, Dorothy, who ran through the neighborhood screaming for help. Francis Russell made a full recovery from his self inflicted injuries, was found unfit to stand trial, and was taken to the Lima State Hospital the criminally insane. When questioned about the events, he claimed he could not remember what happened that night, but does not regret what he did. He remained in the hospital until his death on September 23rd, 1943. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 26th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it.